Hello, we're up to Deuteronomy chapter 6 today. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the ordinances which Yahweh your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land that you go over to possess, that you might fear Yahweh your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you, your son, and your son's son, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Hear therefore Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may increase mightily, as Yahweh the God of your fathers has promised to you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear Israel, Yahweh is our God, Yahweh is one. You shall love Yahweh your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them for a sign on your hand, and they shall be for frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house, and on your gates. It shall be, when Yahweh your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you great and good cities which you didn't build, and houses full of good things which you didn't fill, and cisterns dug out which you didn't dig, vineyards and olive trees which you didn't plant, and you shall eat and be full, then beware, lest you forget Yahweh who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall fear Yahweh your God, and you shall serve him and shall swear by his name, you shall not go after other gods of the gods of the peoples who are around you. For Yahweh your God among you is a jealous God, lest the anger of Yahweh your God be kindled against you and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. You shall not tempt Yahweh your God as you tempted him in Massah. You shall diligently keep the commandments of Yahweh your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he commanded you. You shall do that which is right and good in Yahweh's sight, that it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land which Yahweh swore to your fathers, to thrust out all of your enemies from before you, as Yahweh has spoken. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, What do the testimonies, the statutes, and the ordinances which Yahweh our God has commanded you mean? Then you shall tell your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. Yahweh brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and Yahweh showed great and awesome signs and wonders on Egypt, on Pharaoh, and on all his house before our eyes. And he brought us out from there, that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore to our fathers. Yahweh commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear Yahweh our God, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are today. It shall be righteousness to us if we observe to do all these commandments before Yahweh our God as he commanded us. Well, this, uh, there's lots of things in this verse, in this chapter. One of the key things is in verse 4. And it's, it's almost like a key, one of the key themes of the whole book of Deuteronomy. It says, Hear, O Israel, Yahweh is our God, Yahweh is one. Now, that's um, not only a key verse for the book of Deuteronomy, but that's a key verse for all of Christianity. And um, it's, a, it's a verse 
it's a, it's a kind of a strange verse if you think about it, because we know that we worship one God. We know that there's only one God. Why does God say that he's only one God? In fact, it's a weird thing. It, imagine me saying to you, here am I, I am David, I'm one. <laughs> he would say, of course you're one, look at you. So it's very strange. And over the, over the years, lots of people have held this verse up and said, this is the, the verse that proves we're monotheists. But, um, you know, why do you need a verse to prove monotheism when you, you're only worshipping one God and he's the only living one God? And Muslim people often find this verse interesting because they think of Christians as being worshippers of three gods because of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We think... They think Christians worship three gods. So when they realize that this verse is in the Bible saying Yahweh is one, they find that a, a confronting or a, a thought-provoking verse. Well, I think the Lord deliberately puts a verse like this in the Bible because he is a trinity. Because if God wasn't a trinity, you wouldn't even need a verse like this. But the fact is that, and, and right back in Genesis 1 or Genesis 2, the Bible it records God saying, let us create man in our image. And uh, certainly in the original language, it's plural, let us create. And God, it, the word God in, in all those early chapters, it's plural, like gods. Uh, of course, it's only one God, but th this plural idea to the Lord is right there through. And you get to here and it says, the Lord our God, Yahweh, is one. So I think it's a, it's a, a early clue that we're following a Father and a Son and a Holy Spirit God. But also, this is a great verse to use with your Muslim friends. And, uh, of course, it's a key verse for Jews. This is a, a verse that Jewish people say all the time. Yahweh is our God. Yahweh is one. It's a verse for monotheism. But another one of the key themes that runs all the way through the book of Deuteronomy is obedience. And, in fact, if you were to ask, if you ask someone and you'd say, you know, what's the... The key theme of Deuteronomy, it would have to be obedience, just as the key theme of, say, the book of Leviticus is holiness. So, you know, whole books of the Bible have like a key idea that's the main thing, even though lots of different things are said. And for Deuteronomy, it clearly is obedience. And that was what we talked about over, that's what we read over and over in this chapter six, you know, to keep the statutes and the laws and the ordinances of, of God. And it said even to write them on your hands, to tie them on your head. And you might have seen in movies or in, in video footage from Israel, Jewish people with a black box on their head, which they call tefillin. Elsewhere in the New Testament, Jesus called it a phylactery. Well, they literally did this. They actually made boxes, <laughs> little black boxes. They tied them on their heads. They look really strange. But they literally did this by putting the words of God in there so that they would be, remi they would be reminded of it all the time. And... Um, well, I think we, I don't think we have to do it to that extreme, but I think the point is that we need to be constantly thinking about the Lord, what he asks of us, so that it is within our minds and our hearts all the time. Some Christians put posters up all around the house as reminders. Sometimes it's the promises of God to remind them to believe. Well, all these things are helpful, and you can think how you could do it in any different way. But I think the reminder to us is that we need to follow the Lord with a full heart, obediently, and we need to be contemplating his ways all the time. And so it's very, very helpful to do that. 
I personally have a reminder on my phone and I didn't do it because of this chapter of the Bible. I just did it because of something I wanted to do. But I have a reminder that uh, pops up on my phone at random times. There's a, an app you can get which is called Random Reminder or something like that. And it literally, uh, once every few days, a, a reminder will pop up and it will just simply say, where is God? And I pause in that moment and I think, where is God right now in this moment? And I might be in a conversation with someone or I might be um, you know, driving in the car or whatever when that reminder pops up. I could be in any different situation, but it causes me just to put, put my thoughts and my attention on the Lord and I think of him, I think of what he's saying, what he's asking. I think of what things he has said, what they could mean. So I, it's just one way that I am constantly thinking of the Lord but I have many, many things like that. And this verse reminds us that we should be people whose attention is always on the Lord. Set your mind on Christ, says the New Testament. Um, there's a couple of other interesting things about this chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 6. In here, Jesus quotes from it twice in the New Testament when he's being tempted by the devil. Now, Deuteronomy is one of those books of the Old Testament that gets quoted a lot in the New Testament. And I think the reason for that is because so much of the Old Testament is it's just stories or it's psalms or it's prophecy. But Deuteronomy is the one part of the Old Testament that's kind of a little bit like teaching. It's not really full teaching, but it's kind of like that. And so there are very clear statements made about God here in the book of Deuteronomy, which get quoted. So for example, when um, Jesus is being tempted by the devil, and the devil takes him up to the temple and says, you know, throw yourself off. The angels will catch you. The devil quotes scripture. And then Jesus quotes scripture right back, right here from Deuteronomy. Uh, and he says, do not test the Lord your God. And you would have remembered when we were reading it, it said, do not test the Lord your God as you did at, the, in, at Meribah or at Massah. We just read that. And Moses was actually telling the people not to test the Lord their God. But now the Lord Jesus takes that says it to the devil, do not test the Lord your God. So Jesus quotes right here from Deuteronomy chapter 6. and um, But Jesus also quotes from earlier in Deuteronomy chapter 26 when one of the Pharisees asks him, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. And um, that comes right out of Deuteronomy chapter 6 here. So these couple of quotes uh, that we find in the New Testament, and that quote was found in Matthew chapter 22. So these are all very interesting. And um, so I think possibly for me, one of the most interesting things about Deuteronomy chapter 6 is Jesus' own perspective of these words of Moses. Jesus quotes Moses' words as though they are God's words. Jesus himself, he, he, he uses the book of Deuteronomy and other parts of the Old Testament to speak to the devil and to speak to other people. He quotes them all the time. But Jesus' own attitude about the words of Moses is that they're the words of God. And I find that very, very fascinating because technically they are Jesus' own words. It's the Lord himself who gives Moses the words to speak. Moses speaks them and they're the words of God, even though they're flavoured by Moses. And often that's how it is with the Bible. It's a book that's been written. It's God's book, but it's inspired but it's also written by man, in man's flavor, in man's own style. 
And so here we've got Moses' words being quoted by Jesus, but in Jesus' mind, they're the words of the Lord. But of course, they were his own words that he gave to Moses. All those thousands, you know, 1,400 years earlier in the desert. I find that really, really interesting. So we could take a leaf or two out of this book. We don't look at the law as something that's antiquated and has no relevance to us today because it has relevance. And Moses tells us right here to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, and our strength. And so we should. So Father, I pray you'd help us to love you with all of our mind, with all of our thoughts, with all of our heart, that is our desires, with all of our strength, our ability, Lord, with all of our will. Lord, help us to love you and to seek you. And Lord, help open our eyes to see Christ right here in these Old Testament passages. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you.